Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Eddie and Matt Outkick their coverage. Last episode we gave you our power rankings on the worst to best defensive divisions. This time we'll be doing the same but for the offensive divisions. Um, or the offensive side of the ball for the divisions. Uh, for the, uh, the, the uh, punishers to play against. Right, uh, Ed, how are you doing mate? You have been right this week? Yeah, I've been pretty good, thank you. Lovely, you ready to get into it? Yep. Smashing them mate. On you go with, uh, with your 8th ranked team. Yeah, number eight, it could be somewhat of a surprise, but it's the ASC South. If you remember, they ranked second, second best in the defences, but on the offensive side of the ball, it's somewhat different. Um, the competitiveness of these teams is still really, really high due to the power of the defences. Uh, the teams all have the strengths and weaknesses, and it's helped me to rank the division um, quite highly in, in total, but on offence, it's just from what I could see, the weakest one. The Jaguars have the least offensive weapons, in my opinion. I think their offense all dependent, is all dependent on Leonard Fournette having a good a good year. He had a good year in 2017 when they got to the championship game. But last year, I think that the style of play, just his injuries and stuff piled up. And it they missed just, a few games, didn't they? Yeah, didn't and then got into fights at the sideline. <laughs> it just didn't look too great. They have brought Nick Foles in, expecting him to improve the offense. Oh. And he will be an upgrade yeah. on the I think Philadelphia struggled without him. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure. I think Foles is okay as a relief man. I don't know if he's good for a full season. You can just look at the beginning of last season and how the Eagles are performing, and that's with, I think, superior coaching staff. They have brought in John D. Filippo, who was, his, was the quarterback coach at the Eagles when Foles was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Um, he was the offensive coordinator at the Vikings last season, but he was fired before the season ended just because he didn't really bring much into the run game, which is a knock for Leonard Fournette, in my opinion, because if he wasn't willing to run the ball at another team, what's going to change now? It all depends on which flip was learned from that uh, uh, experience in Minnesota, isn't it? Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, he, he, he's obviously more you know comfortable with Foles than he was with Cousins because he's, he's played with him for a longer time. Yeah. I think the, the weakness of the... Uh, Jags, though, like I say, is the um, specialist players, the offensive weapons, really. There's not any standout receivers. They're all all right. There's no one who's great. Same goes for the tight ends. The tight end play is pretty subpar. I think a lot of people thought they were going to take Hawkinson in the draft, and when they didn't, they were a little bit surprised, but they did what they had to do. Yeah. Um, as I said, the early season form of Nick Foles wasn't great, so that's something to worry about. But the, the O-line is pretty good when it's healthy, but... Um, last season there were quite a few injuries Andrew Norwell the big free agent signing didn't have a great season so for their sake they're probably hoping he's going to do a bit better this season yep. <laughs> um, the next team the Texans have a dynamic talented quarterback who can make things happen um, with two decent weapons in Will Fuller when he's fit and DeAndre Hopkins yep. I don't think much of the run game and the tight end play and the O-line was awful last season <laughs> Um, it left them in poor positions, and if they keep playing that way, it's gonna absolutely decimate Deshaun Watson, and it'll it'll just kill their their chances of doing anything. I think he's a tremendous talent, but I think other than DeAndre Hopkins, there's not a great a great amount of talent or ability, and the coaching doesn't really stand out to me. I don't know how you feel about the coaching, but the offensive. Players not fantastic. Yeah, I touched on that a little bit when I went into my practice. So I'll let you know when I've, when I've done mine, I'll, I'll give you my yeah. little insert on that. The Titans have a decent O line. Um, Taylor Lewan's absolutely fantastic. He's yeah. a big part of that. Got Roger Saffold as well, mate. Yeah, they've just signed Roger Saffold, who will be a, a big help at guard replacing uh, Klein. 
Um, the only thing it is that they have um, Marcus Mariota, who's an injury-prone guy, and they've got um, the Ryan Tannehill from the Ryan Tannehill from the, the Miami Dolphins, who's got a similar issue as well. Both of them can play pretty well when they're healthy. Both of them are athletic. Both both of them can make a lot of decent throws, but um, it's just getting them to be on the pitch for a long time. I think DeAndre Walker, uh, sorry, Delaney Walker will be a big help uh, if he comes back healthy. Although he is a bit more advanced in age, he is a pretty good player. Um, the run game has got Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry who complement each other really well. Derrick Henry is a bit of a monster running the ball in, and Dion Lewis had something a bit different, a little bit more shiftiness and catch ball out of the backfield. Yep. Um, but they are the probably the second best offense in the division, but also they're not a, a team that I think many would fear. They don't really got any great receivers. They have drafted AJ Brown, who could be a big help, but it's all projection in that respect. But there's just not any real standout offensive like players on either of those teams for me. I think Derrick Henry's like the next level down from an elite running back. Yeah. Delaney Walker's at the back end of his career. And again, they don't really have any like proven receiving weapons. The Colts, however, have a really good offensive coaching staff and uh, as near as elite at quarterback as you can get. Um, the O-line's definitely top five. Not only that, they have two really good tight ends when they're healthy. Jack Doyle had a good season and Eric Ebron had his best season. He looked absolutely fantastic. The Lions won't be kicking themselves because they didn't do it for them, but it's coming to a team that seems to really be able to utilise the tight end play. And I think Frank Reich's the one who's really focused on that. He did really well with Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah they were good tight end play when he even played at the Bills as well. Yeah. It's some great weapons there. And last year, T.Y. Hilton had another good season. He's a, he's not in the top level of the wide receivers, but I reckon he's a top 15, top 15 receiver in the league. And if he can stay healthy, he's pretty good. And the run, the run game is effective due to play action. Marlon Mack played pretty well last season, season for his yeah. first season. So if he can kick on, maybe it'll make him a little bit better. But yeah, that's why I leave the AC South at the bottom. I think it's too pretty weak teams, an average team and then an above average team and I think you need more than that for your division to be feared offensively. Yeah, you're right. Um, is that you done for the... Yeah, that's your, all, your all done with the AFC South, yeah. Okay, so my, uh, my, I'm going to move on to my 8th ranked team, my 8th ranked division even. Um, last time I went a bit start heavy, this week I'm going more with uh, looking at probable starting lineups, uh, effective coordinator efficiency or effectiveness. Or and again experience. Um, so my eighth ranked division was the AFC East. Um, Dolphins. For me, uh, they got a new offensive coordinator in uh, Chad O'Shea. He's um, followed Brian Flores down from New England. He was a related to Rick. <laughs> <He's not laughs> uh, he was the wide receiver coach at New England for, for nine years. So he's uh, he's helping to build New England South. Um, I think he's got a second year quarterback who's in his second roster. I mean, that's not his fault, um, but I think he's going to want them to prove Arizona were wrong to, to draft a Calamari and, and then deal him. Um, they've got an okay running back in Kenyon Drake, and a below average receiving court, and, and I'd say the same for the O line. Uh, Jets, again, new head coach, new offensive coordinator. They've got Adam Gase and Do uh, Dowell Loggins. Um, both worked together in Chicago and Miami. Uh, under Dowell, Tannehill probably had his best season statistically last year, um, so hopefully he can help Sam Darnold develop. Having left Bell in the backfield should help him, uh, but his wide receivers are well below average and the O-line is improved, so there's a little room for hope. Um, the Bills, 
Brian Dable is Adobo, sorry, is their um, is their second is in his second season as the, the Bills offensive coordinator. But a man with a wealth of experience. He's a former Alabama offensive coordinator, a Gronk's Titan co uh, coach at uh, New England. Um, his second it was his second year QB, uh, Josh Allen. He's got a big he's a big strong kid, he's got a cannon for an arm, strong scrambler, which is a bit of a disservice to the word scrambler because I wouldn't really it's the word I've got to use for a quarterback. He's not a, he's not an elite runner, but when he gets in the open field he can make people miss, can make Sort of tacklers bounce off him. Um, they've got Shady McCoy, it leads a stable of really fantastic running backs. Um, they've got Frank Gore, who's, who's behind Shady McCoy and probably in the pecking order, but he's still probably going to be a Hall of Fame running back. Um, they've got average or above average or above wide receivers, a serviceable tight end in Tyler Croft, and probably for me, one of the top 10 offensive lines. They've got a really strong offensive line, but it's the... The rebuilding of the offensive line. Yeah, it's the lack of, of, of decent receivers that's probably dragging them down. Uh, and the, my, my final team for my eighth-ranked division is the Pats. They've got the offensive wizard, Josh McDaniel. He knows his craft. Uh, terrific Tom is their quarterback. I'm saying that before he, uh, he gets his trademark point so no one can say it ever again. Um, they've got a good running back in Sony Michelle. They've got uh, Justin Edelman, who leads the wide receivers. <laughs> uh, they've got somebody at tight end. Uh, since they've just cut Austin, Safari and Jenkins, they've got a top O line, and no matter who they'll have, they'll always find a way to win offensively. They'll always have, they'll always have that decent offensive line. They do enough, don't they? Yeah, always do enough to win. Uh, but yeah, they're my seventh rank, uh, my eighth rank team, sorry. So if you want to move on to our seventh ranked team, Ed? Yeah, my seventh ranked division. division. Sorry, I keep saying team. ASC East, <laughs> which, as Matt had it is, is it's bottom rank division, you can understand that it's not really great when it comes to offensive talent. Although the AC East has seen some big improvements in quarterback acquisitions as of late, it is still very early to judge how any will perform. The worst team in the division, and potentially the NFL, is Miami. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick as their in commas uh, starter. He's very erratic, but at his best, it can be a game winner. If you look at him in the first game of last season against the Saints, he absolutely won the game from slinging the ball all over the place, even running for a for a TD at one point. Just looked like a, a fullback who could throw. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say he's a, a total game winner, but at times he's you know he, he he can play some good football. But it's the other side of the coin where he throws three interceptions and then he just doesn't care. He still tries to put the ball in a difficult position and throws for another. There's also Josh Rosen behind him, but last season isn't really a good thing to look at to see about how he's played. He played behind the worst team in the league you know they didn't have any real receiving threats um, Larry Fitzgerald was old at that point and then they have uh, they had the worst offensive line in football um, some of it could be his doing as well but it's hard to it's hard really to see on those stats there wasn't really much for him to work with the best part of the offense is Larry Mittunsville who's a tackle he's an absolutely fantastic player and he, he brings it up to a, at least an average level for the O-line which is it's fantastic that they've re-signed him to keep him the receivers and running backs aren't really, they ain't even one that's in top 20. There's no real tight end play and they're a very poor team, to be perfectly honest. The Bills have picked up some decent wide receivers in free agency. They've got John Brown, who's a deep threat, and Cole Beasley, who's a decent slot guy. Zay Jones seemed to be coming along last year, working well with Josh Allen, game on game. And there are some true stars there, you know, to, to grow. And Josh Allen's arm, is one of the best arms that I've ever seen, to be honest with you. It can probably throw it 60, 70 yards in, and 
players like John Brown are players who are going to be able to feed off that if he can get deep enough to get it. But he's also mobile, as we mentioned earlier by Matt. He ran for three games for over 100 yards last season. No, it was one he was short, wasn't he? Oh, it was one oh, shot. No, he did, no, he did three in a row, suddenly. He did, he did 100, 199, didn't he? So oh, he could well. have been the first one. Quite should have fell forward. So yeah. well, he needs to get that coached up, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, he did have issues with his accuracy and sometimes overthrowing, and he had a bit too much confidence in his arm. Um, it can get coached up though, he can you know, be told, but we'll just have to see. There's, there's a lot more that's needed to evaluate. The old line's been cobbled together, but cobbled together with some decent players. Um, they picked up Cody Ford in the draft, who was a promising rookie, and the run game is obviously they've got Josh Allen, who was their run game last year. LaShawn McCoy had a few injuries and it didn't look great. As you mentioned, they've got Frank Gore, but he's another guy who's getting a little bit older. But the stable, as you said, is pretty decent. There's a lot of experience there. With Josh Allen running the ball as well, it could help him, you know, move the ball a lot more. And the receivers they do have, I think, but at least they've got good hands, are going to be able to, you know, pick up that sh those small bits of yards and the big plays, um, just that just to complement that run game. Uh, the coaching wasn't terrific, but it's also not not terrible. It was a little bit average. Last season to start was awful. The coaching was really bad, but they did manage to get it going by end of year. Um, like I say, the, the receiving the receiving talent last season were awful. So I think the the fact that they picked up John Brown, the fact that they picked up Cole Beasley, and Zay Jones was moving along, it could it could increase their ability to at least compete offensively tenfold this season. The Jets last season, the only good thing seemed to be Sam Darnold and Chris Herndon and their link-up play. Some good uh, quarterback to line up, uh, to line up, quarterback to tight end play was absolutely fantastic. Occasionally a spring, a sprinkling a little bit of Anderson deep, he seems to be able to pick up. I think he were undrafted free agent, had a good rookie season, that, or second season, I'm not too sure, but he, he did look good in some instances. The coaching was substandard last season, but you know it could have been due to talent level, but this season, They've acquired, you know, a great offensive mind, Adam Gase. What he managed to do with the Dolphins last season, even though they had probably the same, if not less talent than they have now, um, were really, really good. And it was because of how he managed to get, how he managed to play and stuff. He managed to open up big opportunities for his, you know, lesser talented roster. And like they were looking at the playoffs midway through the season in Miami with a weakened team. Whereas now he's gone somewhere that's got a promising quarterback. And then the next pickup I'm going to talk about now is the running back, Le'Veon Bell. Although he missed all last season at one point and probably soon to be again seen as the best running back in the league. He can receive, he can run routes, he can do pretty much everything. He's a, an all-purpose back. He does have some injury concerns, but the talent of the player is there to be seen by everyone. And another pickup which will really help Bell and Dinald Kalecchi Assembly, who although the rest of the team didn't seem to play too well on the offensive line for the Raiders last season, he did have pretty decent games when he did play, which should help the run game and improve Sam Darnold just by easing up some pressure. They picked up Jamison Crowder, a great slot receiver, who will really help them, uh, especially for Sam Darnold because he's better at the shorter and intermediate game. Uh, another weapon that you need, Herndon, in the middle of the field as well, so they're starting to pick up players who they saw in college that like, like played in the type style of play that he thrived in. So maybe with this run game and complementary passing game it could, you know, make him a bit more competitive. And then obviously we have the Patriots who've got the greatest of all time quarterback in Tom Brady. Um, 
you know, his, his ability is declining a little bit, but the coaching's so elite that he'll be in the best place to succeed. The O-line's tremendous tool that they also have. Dante Scarnecchia, he could turn rocks into diamonds. I say a win returns this season, you know, I don't think he's ready for, won't be ready for the first game, but eventually he'll be playing he with a first round draft pick. The re-signed Edelman again, who was extremely effective. Brady's been playing with him for years now. They've won three Super Bowls together. They picked up Ben Watson, a tight end who were playing for the Saints last season. They were playing pretty well. Missing first games this season with um, drug uh, drug suspension. But when he starts playing, the Patriots will make use of him. Uh, Nikhil Harry were picked up in the first round. The first time the Patriots have picked up a receiver in a long, long time. And from what I've seen of him, I think he could be a similar replacement to Gronk. He's a big guy, he's fast and he can, can pluck the ball out of the air. And again, they have the best coaching in the league, the best O-line coach in the league, yep. and Captain Clutch at quarterback. That run game and the, the passing to complement it with an effective defence is just going to be brilliant for them. They're going to stay fresh on offence and defence. It's going to be perfectly balanced and there's going to be game plans just to push them over the edge and I think the fact that the Jets and the Bills and have all improved they've took themselves up a little bit and the Patriots, are just, the Patriots are just consistent I think the worst part for this division is the Dolphins are so bad yeah. and there's a lot of unproven things with the Bills and the Jets so that's why I see them sats as the second worst division that's all I've got for them okay cool very uh, in-depth now I think having Bell at the Jets is going to help down all the a hell of a lot, it really is. Uh, just to take a lot of pressure off him. Um, okay, my seventh ranked division is the NFC East. Any season think I have a problem with the NFC East, yeah. well, especially the, the, the Washington Redskins. Bit racist. Uh, that's what it is. Definitely must be racist. Um, okay, <laughs> my take on the uh, the seventh ranked on the AFC East, NFC East. I apologise. Uh, I got the Redskins. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, and it's his second, it's his first full season as the uh, as the OC. But he's been in the setup since 2007 as quarterback coach, and then he was passing game coordinator last season. I know. Um, to, to see how much, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much of a leash that Jay Gruden gives him because he's been in charge of the offensive play calling for ever. Um, it's going to be a toss up between Case Keenum and I reckon rookie Dwayne Askins as a quarterback. The safe move for me will be playing Keenum and giving Askins a, a chance to sort of. Get his, get his ears wet rather than just throwing him in there. It all depends how they both get on in camp. If they level, though, they'll give it to Rookie, won't they? You'd probably think. But again, I'd... It's hard to say you can let your yeah. guy get beat up if your team isn't where you want it to be. Which is why I don't think they'll probably play Keats instead of him, just to keep him safe. So as well, and he's quick and can get out of trouble a bit there. Yeah, they've got uh, Adrian Peterson at running back. He always gives you a chance for a magical play. Uh, they've also got... Um, Darius Geis. Darius Geis, thank you for his name. He was, he was also a good young running back. So they should complement each other very well. Um, Josh Doxon is probably the best receiver, um, <laughs> which isn't saying that much. Let's uh, just remember the crop of receivers: Laquan Treadwell, <laughs> and then Josh Doxon. And they've got, <laughs> they've got Jordan Reed, who is a good tight end. They've also got uh, an okay offensive line, but it's okay to blow average, I would say, rather than being okay to get in better. Um, the Giants, they've got Pat Shermer, who's offensively minded head coach. They've got Mike Schuler, who's a first season offensive coach, but he's, a, he's after five years as Carolina's head coach. That's uh, right, offensive coach. Uh, but I don't think coaching is a problem. Uh, Eli Manning appears to become part of the furniture for the Giants. Um, yes, he's a two time Super Bowl winner and two, two, two time Super Bowl MVP, but I think they won 
those with Eli rather than because of him. And one more eight year ago, and one more twelve year. Exactly. He's just, he's, he's dying out on that out on that quite well. Um, he's, de he's definitely on downslope of his career, uh, and I'd be very surprised if we didn't see Daniel Jones under centre by the beginning of the season. Um, they've got a fantastic young running back uh, in Saquon a second back Barkley, second Trey, well, second Barkley. Um, there's a hybrid player for you. <laughs> can't run up a catch. Um, uh, they've got a bet. They've got um, average wide receivers, I would say, and then they've got. I think probably the best receiver they've got is um, the tight end. Uh, it's gone. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, yeah, he's, he's their best receiver, I would say. Um, they've got a good O line, but their right hand side isn't great. The left hand side, solid as a rock. The further down you go from the centre to the right. Gets a bit shaky. Um, the Cowboys. It's the first season for Boise State's own Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. He's <laughs> Woo! It's, his, it's his very first coach. I think it's his very first coach. In fact, no, he was the quarterback. He was. He was. Uh, did one year last year as a Cowboys quarterback coach. Um, before that, he's um, basically been a clipboard holder for the, the, the Lions and then at the, the Cowboys. So he knows the system at the Cowboys, he knows Jason Garrett, and hopefully Jerry, Jason Garrett is going to take a bit of pressure off him by helping with the offensive play coordinator, Colin. Uh, Would you want my help? I think it'll just take a little bit of pressure off him, um, which is probably what he needs. It'll help him get integrated with the... He, he already knows He already knows the, the playbook. Just jesting. <laughs> he already knows the playbook, so I think that's going to going to help. He also, he's worked with that for the last three years, so that's going to probably trust him a little bit more than someone coming in from the outside. Um, yeah, they've got a top 16 quarterback, top 16 running back in Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. They've got um, a well above average receiving core, led by Amari Cooper. The tight end's going to be interesting to see how Jason Witten plays after being in the booth for a, for a year. See if he can knock the rust off, but they've got a top 5 offensive line. And for me, the probably one, it was a toss-up between them and Eagles for being the best team offensively in the East. But I went with the Eagles because they've got a strong coach from Doug Moreau and uh, and, and Mike Rowe. Doug Peterson. What did I say? Doug Moreau. Oh, Doug, oh, look, yeah. Doug, Doug Peterson and Mike, and Mike Rowe, sorry. They've got a top 10 quarterback in Wentz as long as he's, he's healthy. They've got above average running backs, in, uh, especially in Jordan Howard. They've got a top 5 wide receiving court with a top 5 tight end with Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun Jackson, and Zach Ertz. That's just ridiculous. You pull in faces, but I think that's probably it were ridiculous. Like when Deshaun Watson were at his peak, maybe. I, don't I think he played better last season with Ryan Tannell. Not Ryan Tannell. He played better last season with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing in the ball than he did with yeah, uh, James Winston. James James. Fan of connection. But yeah. what also would push back on that would be Alshon Jeffries not anywhere near as good as he needs to be. And not Alshon Jeffries, Nelson Aguilar. Alshon Jeffries not as good when he's with uh, Wentz as opposed to when he's with Nick Foles. He plays much better with Foles than he did with Wentz. I still think they're going to be okay though. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a decent receiving car, I'm not disagreeing with yeah. that, I just don't think it's top five. And they've got top five all line. Definitely. Because of the depth and also them in the stars, just, just naughty. It's just as it is. Both both the lines, the trenches at the Eagles are ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, and that's my uh, my sixth, sixth round team? The seventh round team. Seventh ranked division. Seventh ranked division, Christ, what is wrong with me today? Right, Ed, do you want to go with your sixth ranked division? How much vodka are you getting in that glass? Not nearly enough. Yeah, my sixth-ranked sixth division is the NFC North. Dun-dun-dun. 
This division is a strange one. Um, one team as a top five offensive coach, one team as the best wide receiver duo, one team as the best quarterback, but as you can see, they sit third bottom. The Lions appear to have the worst offense in the division. They do have the second best quarterback and an underrated wide receiver duo in Ken Kenny Golladay and Marvin Jones, which hmm, some of the issues with some of the teams is the O-line play and it has been poor over the last couple of years, but they do have two exciting young weapons in TJ Hawkinson and Kerryon Johnson, I think. The coaching will be focusing on run game and obviously Hawkinson will help the run game. Kerryon Johnson's obviously there to help the run game. Um, the row line, like I say, it's on and off. If it can improve, the run game can get going, but also this will open up play action. I did say Matt Staff is the second best player in the division, just due to career so far. It can be amazing, but it can also make you scratch your head sometimes when you're watching him throw a ball, it's, it's a bit worrying sometimes. The Packers, of uh, the next team I talk about, they've been hurt by injuries and such, but mainly the Packers have focused on elite quarterback play of Aaron Rodgers and the good wide receiver Devontae Adams. Rodgers tends to try and do everything himself. Um, he doesn't really use the tight ends very often, he's not really too fussed about it, but he manages to get it done with below average receiving core. The run game showed flashes last season of getting better with Aaron Jones, but the franchise aren't even known for focusing on the run. They haven't been for a long time. They had Brett Favre for years, and now they've got Aaron Rodgers, both people who can win a game with their arm, and they both won Super Bowl by being elite quarterbacks. The role line's been in decline for the last few seasons, with the exception of David Bakhtiari, who's been pretty solid when healthy. The success hinges on keeping Rodgers clean and keeping him healthy. Uh, if they don't, then I don't think the yeah, offense is going to function. when he got injured um, two season seasons last, before, yeah, yeah. 2017 season. <laughs> but like I say, if he can get going, he'll make his receivers look a lot better. I do think Devontae Adams is a top 15 wide receiver. He's not as good as he thinks he is, but I do think <laughs> he's pretty good. Um, the O-line, like I say, if they can get that going pretty well, that'll just be a massive boost from they beat the Bears early on last season, and Bears were a killer defense, and obviously they got to playoffs playing pretty well, so... They have got it in them to do well. The Vikings offense is an odd evaluation. They have a quarterback who threw for 4,000 plus yards, 30 TDs and only 10 interceptions last season. And then he, but at the time he was the most pressured quarterback in the league last year. He didn't get hit the most, but he had more pressure on him than anyone else. Um, I think I think he doubled the div like in the division. He had double what anybody else got for pressure wise. He got sacked quite a lot of times. He got passes blocks quite a lot of times but basically we're all down to having an absolutely awful O-line um, I don't feel like he gave games games away some people making out that he gave it away but he won't like causing us to lose I think some of the stuff that were um, causing us to lose were just obviously he didn't get the offense going but he didn't give it away I don't yeah. think the coaching or the O-line helped the run game was nowhere to be seen so it were all on him but he, I don't think he's clutch as you'd say he's not the guy who's going to start whizzing ball everywhere without you know, without the opportunity to have a little bit of time. I think with more time, he's going to improve. Some people might not agree, but if he's kept clean for a little bit longer, there's no reason why his receiving car can't get open. Yeah, it was awful um, to watch last time. Sometimes last season, it was awful to watch. It really yeah. was. The, the, the lack of time they got, it was embarrassing. It's like they weren't even on line there. Sometimes. And people knock him. And they wonder why when you get to week 10 that he's a bit more skittish. He's not, he's not willing to, like take the time to wait, place, wait for players to develop and then launch it. Yeah. But like I said, the, the O-line was the biggest weakness last season by far. 
it was the reason why the team seemed to just slow down. The one game suffered due to coaching and obviously due to that line, but there was progress when Stefanski stepped up and we saw some big big moments by Darwin Cook, a couple of massive runs. He's got the ability to be a top 10 back in the league. Before his 2017 injury, he was league leader in yards and he were killing it. If he had a better O-line and better run game planning, he could have been you know, in for a breakout year last year and this season exactly the same. We've got coaching staff in to help with the running game. We've got Rick Dennison in charge of the run game. We've got Gary Kubiak as a, an advisor. We've got um, Stefanski who's been around the team for a long time, understands what we want. And I think if we can, we can get Cook going and by bringing in Boise State's own Alexander Madison, he's going to be the perfect complement because he can, you know, he's shifty. We've got Cook who's shifty, can move around, he's fast. And then we've got Madison who's quick enough, but he's a power back and he'll be able to take some edge off. He'll be the guy you're going to put in as your closer at the end of the game just to pick you up small yards and keep going. But like I say the issues I have with him is that we need to really, we're going to be concerned with what happens with the O-line, if the O-line can improve and if the run game can improve, because those are two major helps towards the team as a whole. Um, the main area for elite talent is the Vikings wide receiving and tight end courts. Carl uh, Rudolf can catch anything within reach. If you put it within reach of him, he's going to catch it. His blocking's not great, but like I say, he's there to catch the ball a lot of times yeah. and he's a definite red zone threat. We have brought in Irv Smith Jr., who I think's got a good all-round game. And I think he's got a little bit more kick, a little bit more speed than Rudolph has. I think what's going to end up happening is we're going to use him as a big receiver. So Thielen and Diggs are going to be the guys who are like in the slot sometimes or taking it out wide and then they're just going to see the big guy who's not going to be covered as well as you maybe normally would be. And then he's going to be coming up with the ball. I think obviously Cousins really likes Thielen and Diggs. Both of them got more than a thousand yards last season from his play. That between two players is absolutely fantastic. With a good play action game and the focus on these, I would not be surprised. And this is a, it's a big thing, but I reckon 3,000 yards between them. Like that could be that could be done with that type of play. And you could even see like the tight ends picking up quite a lot of yards for the season as well. Yeah. There's too much projection to say it's going to be a top offense though, and I don't feel like if we get to week eight and the Vikings are rolling and we're a top 10 offense, I wouldn't be surprised. But then if we get to week eight and Vikings are a bottom bottom 10 offense, I also wouldn't be surprised. It just yeah. depends how it falls and how this run game opens up. The Bears, as we speak, have the best offense, uh, offensive mind at the helm. Nagy creates a lot of opportunities for his backs and his receivers to make plays. Taylor Gabriel's lightning fast. Tariq Cohen's dynamic. I mean, they'll, I don't think they'll focus on him on the run game, but I think he's going to be that offensive piece that's there to confuse defences. David Montgomery should fit nicely, the you know, third-round draft pick. He's going to be the guy they're going to be feeding the ball to. He's got a little bit more, you know, a little bit more shift in his game. He's a little bit more to him than Jordan Howard had, who's gone to the Eagles. Um, Alan Robinson, um, at the moment, a good player last season. He can be an effective weapon if the game improves. And they also picked up Cordell Patterson. Again, you can use him in the run game, you can use him in the pass game, he's a return machine. And they also picked up Mike Davis, another running back. So Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis and David Montgomery is one of the better running back stables in the league. I don't think people have realised that. Mike Davis is a bit of a, a bit of a hammer as well. He can complement this this um, running back this running back stable pretty well. Anthony Miller, the uh, receiver. He had flashes last season where he looked really good and another point of strength is the Bears have easily the best offensive line 
in the division, keeping Trubisky clean. Yep, I agree. Um, if he's kept clean and he makes the he takes the next step to risky, they could be a really dangerous team. I think he were under he were above average for Nagy last season, but he were below average the season before. If he can make the leap, the Bears could be a deep playoff running team. But it's another if. But this is why we are the ifs in this division. There's a lot of talent, there's a lot of offensive minds, but they're not at that stage where I'm willing to say, yeah, they're a top five or even higher up um, division. That's but yeah, that's enough. how I've gone then. No, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, that's your, your sixth ranked division then. Excellent. My sixth ranked division, sixth ranked division easy for me to say, was the AFC South. Now, uh, <clears throat> as Amy touched on a couple of things, I said we, like last week we, we did a lot of. Um, repeating ourselves so yeah. we're going to try not to do that too much I'll try and keep mine brief yeah we're going to try not to uh, do that too much we're going to keep ours brief <laughs> right the Jacksonville Jaguars um, oh, have they got a fancy what what we've been talking for 32 minutes already lovely that isn't it it's like um, we don't know what we're doing mm-hmm. and we're going to go talk we're going to waffle for a while can't we and we've heard a known they say they stayed at home with my missus <laughs> Could not set mine to the pub. Right, uh, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Offensive coordinator John D. Filippo crashed and burning with the Vikings last season. Uh, but he's back with a quarterback that, that he knows and he feels comfortable with. Uh, he's ready to fill in part two of his head coach resume. Um, Nick Foles is an average quarterback. Leonard Fournette. Take that, Nick Foles. Yeah. I agree. Burn. Um, Leonard Fournette is, a, uh, is their running back, he's better than average. I thought you just said then that Leonard Fournette's their running back, and I'm like, yes he is. <laughs> <laughs> Fact checked. Um, <laughs> the wide receiving cars average at best, the O-line average. Um, Titans, we've got a rookie offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith, but he's got a lot of experience as a positional offensive coach. Um, the quarterback's going to be... A competition between Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill, but it, I think it's going to be a case of whoever's not injured that week is going to play, um, and it's not going to make much difference either way. Uh, Derek Henry, above average running back. You mentioned Deion Lewis, well, who is an excellent compliment to him. Um, he's also average or above, depending on what day it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> average or worse with rookie potential at wide receiver. Um, we've got okay tight end Delaney Walker, but again, you see he's knocking on and he's knocking on. Uh, ankles like you, yeah. and they've got a better than average offensive line for me. I yeah. think that's probably their strongest suit. Them, that, that, and, and the running backs are probably their two, their two stars, which help each other. Yeah, complement each other. Uh, the Texans, they've got a second season offensive coach in Tim Kelly. He's the bull on last season and not let the defense carry him. Um, Deshaun Watson is better than average. Uh, Lamar, Lamar, the running back, is also better than average. They've got wide receiver. Why was it DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Fuller? If they can both stay fit, they're probably top 20, top 25 receivers in the league. Um, and they've got a better than average offensive line, but in places they've got a couple of guys that are, that are revolving doors and three guys that can then hold it down. The, the centre and the guards are right up, and the tackles for me are brilliant. Uh, the Colts have got okay coaching in uh, Frank Wright. Um, they've got a top 15 quarterback in Andrew Luck. Um, T.Y. Hill, probably better than an average wide receiver. They've got a better than average running back in Marlon Mack. And the, their offensive line is 
nice. They've got really good pieces in place, and they've got again one. They maybe like they're not an elite offensive line, but they are maybe one player away from being that elite offensive line. And that's my sixth round division. Oh, I'm just uh, sorry to be a pain. No, no. I just I, I, I was flabbergasted by Lamar Miller being above average running back. I just you like yeah. what you like, don't you? Yeah, it's it. <laughs> He can get some yards for you. I just, I think there's, he's been given, like you said, the guard player is better than the, the no, tackle tackles. player. I think yeah. that might have been complimented. The, uh, the other guy, Blue, I think. I think blue, blue, but he's moved now. He's it. But I think that's probably what helped Miller yeah. last season, to yeah. be honest. Sorry, that was all, but I think they have, do, do have an elite offensive line already. I just think the players that they do have there, the Colts, this is, I do think they're already elite. I think they've got the best guard in the game already with Quinton Nelson. The centre is very good. Brandon Brooks had a good uh, rookie season. They're all fine at the other tackle. I, I think there's a, a fantastic opportunity for them to have a really good season this season. No, I mean, it's, it, that's a perspective of all, isn't it? You, you sit one way, I say another. We don't sort of sing from the same inch sheet on, on, on most things, do we? We, there's some things we sing at all, to be honest. <laughs> there's some things we see, you know, the same. Eye to eye, yeah. And there's some things we just completely, see completely different, and that's just the dynamic we have, I think. I like to discuss it though. I do like. To. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's always best to sort of like not like if it's passive. If you've got a different opinion, it's best to say something. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Cool. Yeah, my next division, number five in the rankings, is the NFC East. It's quite similar. Some if you've noticed, like our division seems to sit pretty close to each other. So although we've got a different way of looking at it, they tend to fall. Around the same area. They're always top eight, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> top eight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, this division is a strange one. And I think most of success and talent is in the offensive lines and the run games. The offensive line rankings would surely like have this division as number one because you've got the Eagles who've got a tremendous offensive line, you've got the Cowboys who've got a tremendous offensive line, you've got the Washington Redskins who've got a very good offensive line when healthy. And then you've got the Giants who've got a much improved offensive line. So you've got two elite, one very good and one slightly above average offensive line. And that brings a lot to the run game anyway and being able to play the ball as well. The quarterback's yeah. been upright. The Cowboys and the, Eagle and the uh, Eagles are in the argument for the best O-line in football. And the Cowboys also have a top five running back in uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't think many people would argue that is absolutely tremendous. The improvements in Prescott over 2017 season were because he had Zeke like pretty much all season, whereas in 2017 he were he were, he were missing for six games, I think, and that were pretty. You could tell it had an impact on Prescott not having that safety valve there. And um, then that last season they also picked up Amari Cooper, who was a bit of a deep threat, a bit of, a bit of something different for him. You know, they had a deep threat since he's been there. Really, they did have Des Bryant, but he was obviously in decline. So I think he helped Prescott for a little part of the season. I think Prescott's got a pretty decent arm and he's pretty mobile to a to a you know to a certain extent. His, his effectiveness in playing behind that big strong offensive line, having that good running back, having that deep threat, and he did originally have Cole Beasley who's now with the Bills. It helped him progress. You know, having these little bits and bats. Jason Witten coming back could be a big a big change for him. But like I said, my worry is the. The fact that the coaching is new, there's no real background on it. Garrett's coaching hasn't really set the world on fire, but you know the run game should be what they need. They've got a strong defense and a good run game. It'll complement each other 
if they can use Amari Cooper properly and Jason Witten can actually come back and just be serviceable, it should help them. Um, the Eagles, uh, they've you know got all the things the Cowboys have got, excluding the top five back, but they do have Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, and Corey Clement, who played really well um, two seasons ago. Yep. Miles Sanders was seen as like a top three running back coming out of the draft. And Jordan Howard, other than last season, when he was playing in a similar offence to what we'll be seeing from him now, um, he, he were absolutely fantastic. He was in top ten for rushing yards for two seasons in a row. He's always seen as, a, as in a very good running back. But like I say, last season was a bit of a debacle for him. It made him drop off. But having two decent running backs... Um, could be absolutely fantastic for the Eagles. Like I said, they've got a great, you know, a great run game built up, built behind a great O line, and then two serviceable running backs. This will help the pass game. This will create massive play action opportunities, which is what Doug Peterson tries to do. I think Doug Peterson's a top five, top ten offensive mind. What he could do at the end of last season were brilliant with Nick Foles, but also what he did with Carson Wentz in his MVP caliber performance year just shows what he can do. Wentz, as I said, can play at an MVP level. Zach Ertz is a top two tight end in the league. Um, you can't really argue with that. Dallas Goddard, another fantastic tight end. Those two together are probably the best, you know, the best pairing of tight ends in the league. They do have Alshon Jeffrey, who's, like I said earlier, he's better than Nick Foles, but he's still, you know, an above average receiver. Uh, they did pick up JJ Arcega Whiteside. We'll have to see how he, how he pans out, but he could be great. And Deshaun, um, Deshaun. Jackson's an absolutely fantastic deep threat when he's when he's on. We'll have to see if that happens, if they can improve upon last season. Because, like as we mentioned earlier, Jameis Winston wasn't really getting the ball to him as no. much as he should have done. Connection, and Nelson Aguilar, you know, he's lived in Philadelphia for for a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think the receiving calls elite. I do think that the the run game will be elite, and I do think that. The fact that last season the, the the team wasn't rolling as well as it was without Frank Reich or John D. Villapo, I think because they've had an extra season without those guys, it'll help them improve and help them build on that last year. Um, Foles leaving, I don't, people making out that he was so great, but I honestly think that he, he did help them to the championship. You Absolutely, know, yeah. He was a little playoff and he was fantastic, wasn't he? But at the same time, that offensive scheme was a massive, a massive boost as well. If Wentz can play anywhere near as well as he has previously and he can stay healthy, then they could be amazing again. The Redskins, the, you know, the anti-mats, are the worst <laughs> offence in the division. I genuinely like the Redskins. I don't know why you're getting this. <laughs> they, they have the worst offence in the division and it's mainly down to injury history. They had Alex Smith, but, you know, he had the awful injury. Horrific. So they added Haskins and Case Keenum, both of whom have potential to do well. They've got a very good old line when it's healthy and a returning running back who's got a great promise in Darius Geis. He's widely regarded as the second best running back in 2018 draft. They also have AP who played, you know, at, at fringe pro bowl level last year when they still had quarterback, when they still had a healthish line. He, he looked like a pro bowler. And then they've got Jordan Reed who's a decent receiving threat at tight end, Josh Doxon and Terry McLaurin who, you know, can go out there and catch the ball. Neither are elite. McLaurin could be. But I don't think Doxon can be accused of being elite, and when he does play well, he ends up getting injured, which is you know a consistent issue with the Redskins' constant injuries. I also think Gruden's a decent offensive mind, but you know, obviously I know he's not the offensive coordinator. But my view on him is people like himself, McVeigh, Shanahan, um, John Gruden, his brother. I think they all 
will have you know a major influence on the offense, which is why I mentioned them above the offensive coordinators most of the time. But like I say, if you can get keep his team at least healthy, it'll be good. As we mentioned earlier with Haskins and Case Keenum, it's going to be between those two. I think if Keenum's mobility can really help him because he'll be able to get out of trouble. Yeah. But we'll just have to see. The Giants have got a very good offensive mind at head coach. His offensive acumen is absolutely fantastic. What he's done in the past is excellent. The main issue he has is Eli Manning's his quarterback, who's deteriorated over the last few seasons, which has restricted him a little bit. Well, I say a little bit, it's basically killed him off. Yeah. They do have a pretty good pair of wide receivers in Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard. I honestly think you're going to see a big jump in Sterling Shepard this year. No more OBJ. He'll be seen as the number one. I know Golden Tate got a good deal, but Sterling Shepard also got another deal, but he's also going to be seen as the future. I think they'll work pretty well. He'll be able to work in the smart and the intermediate game. I don't think Manning can launch the ball 40 yards anyway. He's not going to be a deep threat. So these two should really help his game a little bit. Yeah, they do have Evan Ingram, another person who'll be good in that sort of situation. He's a decent tight end. He's a decent blocker. He's a very good catcher. And their all line's improved. It's still not great. Zeitler and Hernandez could be really great at guard. That's, that's a nice pair in there to get that run game going. Yep. But they do have, arguably, and in my opinion, the best running back in the league in Saquon Barkley. I was a little bit apprehensive about saying it at one point, but then you look at what he's done and the opportunity to grow and improve. It's fantastic. A lot of people like saying, oh, well, Eli couldn't do anything last season because they're playing behind an awful offensive line, but no one mentions the fact that he had a tremendous rookie season for Saquon Barkley. And he will play behind the exact We've same line. line. No yeah. one mentions that. <laughs> yeah, but most of the coach and offense kept him competitive in some t- in some times. But like again, I think you've got to look at it. Eagles, probably Eagles, then Giants, then Cowboys, then Redskins to rate to you know to rank that division. In my personal opinion, and it's the offensive minds that really give them the step up and being able to keep your players healthy will be a big help too. But like I say, the the fall fifth just because I think there's two teams in there that coach really well. There's some elite players in there, and I do think they're going to be able to show up this season. But again, they're interchangeable sometimes. That when you get near the, the lower end, like these teams could all be anywhere. It just depends on your perspective. But that's all I've got on the East. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll go in with my fifth ranked division then, which I've gone with the AFC North. Um, start with the Bengals. They've got head coaching experience in Zach Taylor. And the offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, has been around a bit, but only as a QB coach in Oakland and Detroit, and about six jobs for Denver. Uh, Annie Dalton is very is, is below average, I would say. Uh, he's, below, he's moved below the, the Dalton line. Uh, Joe Mixon is above average to good running back. Uh, AJ Green is above average to good wide receiver. Um, but the rest of them, for me, of their receivers are, are below average. They've got an uh, above average tight end in Tyler Eifert and an average offensive line. Um, the Ravens, highly experienced coaching from uh, Greg Roman. Second season quarterback Lamar Jackson is above average. Uh, strong running backs uh, led by Mark Ingram. Average wide receiving core, top 10 O-line for me. Uh, Browns, Freddie Kitchens, a very experienced coach but not so uh, on, on their offensive coordinator Todd Munkin um, Baker Mayfield lit what he got last season in his rookie season they've got a running back in Nick Chubb who is above average they've got Kareem Hunt lurking in the shadows uh, which is a bad thing uh, <laughs> Duke Johnson who wants to leave but 
I think the Browns would be daft to, to trade him or get rid of him before they've got a Kareem Hunt and then they've got some trading chip. I think Johnson wants to leave because he wants a full season going into a contract year. I think a lot of, there's a lot's been said about him wanting to be a featured back and he's never actually made it as a featured back. Yeah. And there's a reason why he's never been the featured back. So uh, They've got a top 10 receiving core for me with uh, OBJ and Jarvis Landry. And oh, also top five, couldn't you, to be fair, it's fantastic. Easily, yeah. Um, and David Njoku is, uh, is an improving tight end. With a, player. Yeah, and they've got an average and improving offensive line. Yeah, um, average is fair. I think they lost yeah. a, lost Zeitler. I think that's going to hit hard this season. I think that's going to affect the run game. But like you said, they all seem to have a, a, an half decent O line in Cleveland. To be fair to them. Yeah, uh, and then my last team from the uh, AFC North is the, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got very strong coaching. They've got an above average, you could say, top ten quarterback in Ben, Froffer, ben Roethlisberger. They've got an above average to, to good running back in James Conner. Um, they've got an above average to good receiver in JJ Smith-Schuster, but the rest of the receivers for me are bang average. Um, they've got also average tight end player, with a, but with a top five all line. Um, yeah, that's all I've got for my uh, my fourth, my fourth, my fifth. Ranked division. Ed, do you want any anything to add to that? Or well, my fourth ranked division is the AFC North. <laughs> <laughs> Onward and upward. There we go. Um, the division lost two of the top ten offensive players in the league last season, both from Steelers, which would have you know it would have put this division much higher having those two in there. They, they've been knocked back by losing these two players, which is why they're falling to you know fourth. I think the best offense in the league is in the division sorry is Cleveland Browns acquiring two you know fantastic players like the clear number one talent that they were missing were a deep freight receiver and they've picked up OBJ who everybody loves yeah they've got offensive rookie of the year nominee Baker Mayfield who were tremendous last season showed good leadership on the field you know his play were absolutely fantastic for someone I think he was the most touchdowns by a rookie ever in a season and he didn't even play a full season. I think the uh, the fact that the defense is better is going to keep the offense, you know, as fresh as the defense. I think Freddie Kitchens as a head coach, with what he did as an offensive coordinator, if he can keep doing that, it's going to be fantastic. As you mentioned, OBJ and Jarvis Landry could be great together. They played together at LSU, so there shouldn't really be any any problem between them both about who's getting more of the ball. You know, they've both been a number one wide receiver for teams in the past. One for the Giants, one for the Dolphins. Landry's been at the Browns a little bit longer, but I think OBJ is widely regarded as a potential Hall of Famer one day. The young tight end, David Njoku, as you mentioned, he's improved year on year. There's no reason to think that stops now in a more offensive-minded team. No, literally. He, apart from maybe losing the odd you know, target because of Odell and Landry, but I can't see it being that bad. Or even Callaway, who's you know, had a great rookie season last year in spurts. He had times where he looked really good. The running backs could be great. Chubb were fantastic last season. They've acquired Kareem Hunt, who were a top 10 back when they were playing. Nick Chubb's probably a top 15 back, if not a top 10 back after last year. They Traditionally, you know, they have a decent O-line and do pretty well, but they've lost Kevin Zeitler, as I mentioned earlier, which is a bit of an issue for them. You know, it's pointing down, the arrow's pointing a little bit down now, I think. But other than that, the Cleveland Browns should have a really effective offense. The the Bengals, the next team, um, you know the they do have some media. They are a mediocre team, at all in all, I think. But they do have some decent weapons. 
They're trying to create a good O-line. Obviously, it wasn't amazing last season, even though they got Billy Price in the first round. This season, they've picked up Jonah Williams at tackle in the first round. You know, um, They've got the bang average Andy Dalton at quarterback who picked up an injury. But if you looked, after he got injured, the team's player did drop off, so he was running the system pretty well. I think losing AJ Green didn't help anything. AJ Green's a top 10 receiver. When he's been, you know, healthy consistently, he's probably a top five receiver. He's really, really good, but it's a massive loss when he goes. They've got Tyler Iarfer, who's always on IR, injured, <laughs> you know. He's a good talent, but when he's always injured, he's not going to bring anything to the team. Tyler Boyd's a great number two, so if he can, if they can stay healthy, they could be dangerous in the receiving core. You know, like I say, having a good one-two punch at receiver and then having a decent tight end is only going to help. But you know, and then you look at the run game. Joe Mixon, I think, is a fantastic back. He played really well for him last yep. year. He ran for one thousand one hundred sixty-eight yards, which is an average of 4.9 yards per carry. Can't knock that at all. Played really well. And as I said, the, the O-line wasn't amazing. You know, the coaching's to be decided at minutes. You know, we're going to have to see what happens. We don't know what's happening with this guy. I don't know much about him. I don't think he's ever, like, run an offence before. And he's already a yeah, head coach. He's a bit of an enigma, isn't he? He is. So you never know. Zach Taylor might do it, he might not. Yeah. The next team, Steelers. They've got best quarterback in the division by far. He's an All-Famer. You know, he's played some excellent football with or without Le'Veon Bell and AB. Benny, Smell, Benny Snell and James Conner will be using winning game. And, you know, last season, Conner played at a Pro Bowl level. He made some big plays. The wide receiver room will be a lot less talented, but I imagine it'll be a little bit quieter as well. <laughs> Juju's, you know, he's looked really good last season, but will some of the targets that AB had come to him? You know, we'll see. He, he's the number one for now. They've got, you know, he's going to get more pressure in man coverage. He's going to be followed around a bit more. But then, you know, with their scouting for Steelers, they've picked up some great receivers in the past. Dante Moncrief got picked up. They've got James Washington and, Don, you know, Deontay Johnson just got drafted this season. You never know what Steelers are going to be able to do with these players. And with Ben Ball, uh, Ben Ball, Ben Roethlisberger throwing a ball, it could be gangbusters. You know, but they have to be utilised properly. But the best part of the offence is the O-line. As you said, it's one of the best in the league. You know, so that run game is going to be a force just because of that. And yeah. if Big Ben's kept clean, he's going to, be get, going to be able to get that ball deep to his young receivers or even to Juju. We'll just have to see how it goes. And I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder this season and we're probably going to see some top quality football from him. And then we have the Ravens. You know, it's... It's a, it's a very unique offence that they've decided to go um, they go with last season, but it could be very effective. Ziggy, when everybody else is zagging the league, a lot of people have said. Their O-line is a big, powerful unit, and you know they've played well. Matt said top 10. There's no reason to disagree with that. Marshall Yonder's probably going to be an Hall of Fame, absolutely fantastic player. Um, they really utilise the tight end plays. Mark Andrews, um, a great pickup last season. Hayden Hurst, was well, the first-round pickup, absolutely great player. Nick Boyle's been fantastic for him, just been re-signed. They're all good blockers, they're all safety nets for Lamar Jackson. You know, they're going to help the run game and they're going to be able to help Lamar Jackson stay clean and give him somewhere to put the ball. They added Miles Boykin and Hollywood Brown at receiver. Both can play well deep, you know, both can do well off screens. They're good in space. And then, with that, if he can dump ball off to players like that who can get you those yards, and then there's himself who's ridiculously fast, that just adds a lot of different levels to, you know, to that team 
I think Boykin and Brown could end up being absolutely fantastic pickups, and I like the fact that in the draft they're trying to build things for Lamar Jackson. He does need to step up in his passing game and cut down his running game to avoid injury. His body's not built to be taking some of the knocks he takes. You know, the real runners need to be Gus Edwards, who's just like a big sledgehammer smashing ball in. You know, late last season he played some really, really good football. But then they've also brought in Mark Ingram, who has all the ability to be, you know, a bell cow back, give him the ball a lot, let him do the, you know, the horse work early on, and then later on bring Gus Edwards in. Yeah. The Gus Bus. <laughs> I don't think I'll go with that one though after a certain other player using no. the nickname. This is believe yeah. that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but like I say, the O-line's going to love you know, mauling people and letting these guys just run right and run over them. But overall, I think it's a solid talent in this division, but the Browns' talent balance has made them stand out and obviously Big Ben and his O-line are going to make them look great. I think every team's at least decent, but also the Browns have one of the best offences in the league now just weapons wise but yeah that's pretty much everything on them ok well my fourth rank fifth rank fourth rank fourth fourth see the time just passed so much <coughs> um, the four, my fourth rank division is the NFC North Ooh, I know fancy well I was going to go with third but I changed my mind halfway through recording slightly um, biased yeah. <laughs> um, the Bears have got experienced head coach in Matt Nagy who is a uh, Offensive wizard. Wizard, yeah. He's one of uh, one of Josh McDaniel's lot. Um, Cheating when you're a wizard. Yeah. The OC uh, is is Mark Helfer. I think he played under um, Andy Reid. Yeah. Sean Nagy. So he's got a lot of coaching above him that's been fantastic. Yeah, they're both they're both really experienced offensive minds. Um, they've got an average quarterback for me in in Mitch Trubisky. They've got above average running back Tariq Cohen. I think he's really good. Um, a bit small, that's my only knock Yeah, that's only knock on him, yeah. Uh, average wide receivers for me and Alan, Alan Robertson, Taylor Gabriel, probably the best of their bunch. Three. Uh, yeah. They've got a good tight end for me and Trey Burton. Yeah, I forgot all about Trey Burton. Yeah, and they've got a top 10 offensive line. Got a throw ball as well, Trey Burton. <laughs> can he? Fairly average. Yeah. And he can throw a special, can't he? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Lions highly experienced offensive coordinator in Daryl Beryl Daryl Bevel sorry uh, but it's his first season with the Lions so he's got to install what he wants to do yeah um, got above average quarterback Matt Stafford uh, exciting running back in Kevin Johnson who was having a monster season last season so he got injured um, above average wide receiver and, yeah above average wide receivers and tight end duo of, but the tight end duo of, of Jesse James and rookie TJ Hawkinson could be the difference for that offence, I think. Yeah, could be. Um, and above average, above average offensive line. Uh, the Vikings, a combination of Kevin Stafford and Gary Kubiak, holds a lot of promise. Average quarterback in Kirk Cousins. The best wide receiver in duel in the, le- duel in the league, uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. You may have heard of them. Uh, Occasionally, once or twice. It's yeah. Kevin Stafford. I said Stafford, did I? I might be hearing things. Stefanski. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. You know his name. <laughs> Yeah, they're all going to remember That's his name this season. It. Just know that. <laughs> uh, above average tight end in Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, who's just re-signed with the team. Uh, breaking and, news. Yeah, breaking. Uh, an improved defensive line, but with still some question marks on it. Uh, the Packers, uh, inexperienced head coach, uh, but the offensive. <laughs> 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 the, 
This is uh, a shock that you say this. Offensive quarter in Nathaniel Hackett has been uh, been there, done that, and bought a t-shirt. Oh, uh, Jaguars, aren't he? Yeah. Uh, top five quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. They've got above average running back in Aaron Jones. They've got a decent receiving core, but average tight end with Jimmy Graham, and top ten offensive line. Like I said, they've got some pieces that are they're, they're maybe on the downslope, but I still think they're a, a decent, decent enough offensive line to keep Rodgers in, the, in business. Um, but yeah, that's my my fourth rank division. Mm. Ed, have you like to slip seamlessly into your third rank division? Yeah, third rank division is the NFC West. This division is home of great young offensive minds, and um, obviously we do have Pete Carroll in there and his coaching stuff. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. McVeigh is widely regarded as the best young offensive mind in the league. Kingsbury is perceived to be a great offensive mind, and in my opinion, the best offensive coach is 49ers coach Carl Shanahan. Uh, the Seahawks offensive coordinator is just catered to the type of play that they love run heavy, play action passing. You know, Seahawks' soul line came a long way last year, largely built around the run game. They played it well. Mike Davis, who's no longer there, Rashad, uh, Rashad Penny, and Chris Carson just did a great job pounding it ball and doing what they could. Penny's expected to improve greatly this season. I do think he was a first-round draft pick last season. He's potentially going to become the featured back, although Chris Carson might have something to say about that. The tight end play isn't aimed at the, the pass game, but the wide receiver room could be in flux, you know, which may push them towards using tight end more. Tyler Lockett, when he's healthy, is a very effective weapon, but he has to remain healthy. And DK Metcalf, you know, everybody knows Combine Hero, is expected to perform really, really well this year, be a deep threat on offence, be a big complement to that play action with Russell Wilson, who is an absolutely fantastic quarterback. A bit more to him. Can 100% understand them being excited about that. The Cardinals have made some acquisitions to help them improve their offensive line, which were awful last year. <laughs> but also the number one pickup in the draft, Kyler Murray, first round, first pick, and he's going to be there to cover some offensive line deficiencies by being mobile and elusive. He's a smart player; he gets out of trouble, he gets off the field when he needs to, but you know keeps himself relatively safe. His passing ability is, you know, of a high standard as well. Or it was in college. He's got Larry Fitzgerald, who's got safe hands, great routes. He's still a good receiver to an extent, but a little bit old. Um, it's just his speed that's tailing off, but obviously that's just natural at his age. Um, however, they do get, they do have, sorry, Christian Kirk, who had a good season last season. He could be looking at becoming wide receiver one if he has a better year. And they also took Andy Zappella, who's a deep threat. He's a threat off screens. He's really good at yards after catch. They picked up Keyshawn Johnson and Akeem Butler, who were both highly rated coming out in the draft, and they'll both, you know, compete and at a very high level. It's a very intriguing wide receiver room, and it could grow in unison with Kyler Murray because they're all young, they're all going in together. David Johnson, when used correctly, is a top ten back in the league. You know, he's also been fantastic. He's had a thousand, thousand season. You know, thousand yards rushing, thousand yards receiving. You can't knock that. But the only issue there is Kingsbury may not use the run game that well. He just like a you know, he just likes to just throw the ball everywhere, former quarterback himself. The 49ers, as I mentioned here, have an elite offensive mind head coach. You just look at the Falcons in 2016, you know, they're just destroying teams on offense. Um, last five or six games of the 2017 season, when Garoppolo finally got started for him, they just went on a tear. And 28 season was supposed to be a big resurgence at 49ers. Um, then they all got hit by the injury bug. Jerick McKinnon went out early, didn't get didn't get to play any snaps. 
you were fantastic for Vikings the year before and then Jimmy Garoppolo went out for a season with his uh, ACL injury which were absolutely good for him however what did happen was George Kittle and Dante Pettis had good seasons Pettis in his rookie year Kittle just seems to be getting better and better every year he's looking like he could be a top 5 tight end the 49ers this year have the starting quarterback back they've got the backup sorry they've got the new running back from last season back and in the draft they picked up Debo Samuel who looks like a great receiving threat he could be absolutely fantastic he's going to improve that receiver room they've got a pretty solid old line Garoppolo looks like he could be a good player the run game's always going to blossom under Shanahan just because of his scheme Matt Breeder has an average of 5.3 yards per carry last season and Shanahan early on took Carlos side to a 938 yard season when they didn't really have a quarterback to look at and no other running back so you can't really knock them they've added Tevin Coleman who will be able to do more carries there's still Matt Breeder there as I said Jared McKinnon so it's not a bad running back stable if one of them goes down there should be enough cover there now which is something that they really need yep. adding the receiving weapons is going to be fantastic for them they also still have Juice Check at fullback who's probably a bet the best fullback in the league and the yep. fact that they still use a fullback is pretty impressive but one key player I think is going to be George Kittle for him moving forward great receiver for it, great blocker and if Garoppolo can you know use that weapon well it could be dangerous next up the Rams um, they do have superior talent to every other team in the division and they've got elite coaching with McVeigh he's turned Jared Goff who looked like he were going to be a flop into a, a serviceable decent you know quarterback he took him to a Super Bowl last season um, he helped display the talents of Todd Gurley, who was still good beforehand, but he really stepped up playing under McVeigh. The old lines played a lot better. You know, how the how the play football is fantastic. They have lost Roger Saffold, but Andrew Whitworth decided to come back, which was a big boon for him. The player Goff has at times been really, really good. His play against Vikings last season were elite, but then after that it's not always consistent. If he's kept clean, he plays much better. And if he has all his wide receivers, he looks fantastic. But uh, they did lose Cup last season, which was a bit of worry. But Woods, Cup, and Cooks are probably the best trio of wide receivers in the league. They all complement each other. They're all good players. I don't think any of them are like elite, elite, you know, top players. But all three of them are in the very good category. And I don't think anyone else can boast having three very good receivers uh, in the league. It's like having be number twos at like your top teams. But then at other places, there could be each of them could be a number one. You know, a team that a place hasn't got a <clears> true like every one of them could go to the Giants. Yeah, and argue that they were number one. So that's a fantastic stable of you know receivers who it's all play action based, and it'll be it's always super effective with these guys. They always play well, and it's it's the key point of the offense for anyone using the Shanahan system, which is similar to what McVeigh uses, but obviously uses it a little bit different. But as I say, they've got elite players speckled around. They've got a good old line, fantastic coach, and the quarterback has improved. So that's why I've got them at number three. Okay, cool. Uh, my third ranked division is the AFC West. I've gone with uh, the Raiders. They've got a strong coaching, if slightly unstable. Uh, <laughs> uh, they've got an unreliable quarterback. For, uh, Derek Carey, he'll, either, he'll turn up and, and, and toss free 5,400 yards, or he'll get pick six times you can look at it I think it's his 2016 season when he were in the running for an MVP broke his leg in playoffs they played fantastic yeah. but like you say then there's some weeks where he's crying because he's been hit that many times a game 
you know, like a pinata in, in, in black and silver. Um, they've got an exciting running back, rookie running back in Josh Jacobs. They've got a top 10 wide receiver, Antonio Brown, and for me, the rest of their receivers are either rookies or below average. Um, they've got a below average O line as well, which is probably one of the reasons why Derek Carr has night terrors. Uh, the Broncos have got inexperienced head coach, on, but he's a defensive head coach. Um, their offensive quarter, Rich Scangalar, hang on. Shangarel, uh, I was saying it right earlier. Scangarelli, thank you. I was saying it right earlier on, but couldn't get out then. Uh, I was having to way up on my head for a second because I didn't want to say it wrong as well. <laughs> now, the, uh, it's his first season uh, as the Broncos' offensive coordinator. Uh, they've got an average, uh, above average quarterback in, uh, in Joe Flacco, and he likes playing in, in cold weather in cold weather and in Broncos. He always does well. Mile high. When he yeah. played against the Broncos at mile high. So he's got eight games out of the season, so he should, in theory, do. At least when I make games. Uh, <laughs> and the book I was running back in the undrafted Philip Lindsay. Um, the wide receiver call for me is average or below. Uh, they've got excellent rookie tight end in an, uh, Noah Fant. He should be very exciting for him. He's going to be probably Flacco's go to guy. Uh, a couple of that, they've got an average offensive line. They've lost a couple of pieces in free agency. Paradise. Yeah. Um, the Chargers good, good, got good coaching in head coach Anthony Lynn and offensive coordinator Ken Wizenhunt. Um Philip Rivers is above average quarterback probably top 10 at a push um, they've got above average running back in Melvin Gordon who again is top 10 at a push um, they've got above average wide receiving anti-encore combined I think they'll do the Dwight with those but they've got a strong offensive line which is, I think is going to help them they could be I mean, I'm going to go top five, but we've got a top ten offensive line easily. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs, then. Uh, they've got a fantastic coaching from Andy Reid. Uh, he's got so much experience. And they've also got Eric Bienemy as an offensive coordinator, who has had eight jobs as offensive coordinator. He's just a lot so of people were disappointed they didn't get a head coaching job this time around, and everybody yep. went with the McVeigh players. But, yeah. but I think that's the game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think Andy Reid's more than happy to have him as his offensive coordinator. Why not? Uh, they've got. Probably the best quarterback in the league for me. Yeah, in Pat Mahomes, I, I can understand why you say it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's the most valuable quarterback in the league. I'd say that. I think yeah. I personally think Aaron Rodgers is a better player, but I think he's more injury prone. But we haven't seen, seen a full well, more than a full season of play, have we? So yeah, I mean, exactly. he's, he's, everyone, he's a lot of people's top top five quarterback easily. Um, Three. Yeah. Uh, they got an exciting rookie running back in uh, Damian Williams. A strong over average uh, wide receiving court, and they've got a top five tight end in Travis Kelsey. Um, they've got a top ten line. You could push them a top five. Um, yeah, that's my my third ranked division. And on to the second ranked division, the NFC South, the best the NFC has to offer. The division has got a top five wide receiver, a top five O line a top 10 running back, a top 10 tight end, and potentially another top 10 receiver with him. The fact that there's three top 15 quarterbacks in the league and two of the best offensive minds, it's just absolutely stacked. The team I view as the weakest in the division is the Buccaneers, who by no means have a bad offense. Their all line is decent. They have a quarterback who is extremely bipolar in his play, but Arians is a true quarterback whisperer and he could turn James Winston around. He's played with some, you know, touch and go players before and really helped improve him. The team's got good wide receiver and a good t- good tight end talent. Mike Evans is an elite player, you know, or close as. 
he's probably a top 10 to 15 wide receiver Chris Godwin's a good number two you know you can't really argue with that uh, Anthony Johnson is another good pickup from Buffalo University could be a great player um, tight ends OJ Howard and Cameron Bray both play really well OJ Howard if he can stay healthy he could be really elite he could be an absolutely fantastic player his potential through the roof the run game's a little bit underwhelming Peyton Barber had an okay year last year but not really with a feature back but I think most people had more hope for Ronald Jones to show what he were about coming out of college he were regarded as one of the better running backs coming out he didn't show much of anything last year but Arians might be able to you know put him on the map he put David Johnson a third round pick he made him look fantastic so you never know he might be able to help RJ a lot the most you know dynamic offence in the division is the Panthers they've improved and added to their own line Matt Paradis at centre is going to be an excellent pick up um, Greg Little could eventually be you know a tackle of the future who's starting calibre obviously a healthy Cam Newton is a dangerous dual threat you know a strong arm good mobility the wide receiver cause just massively improved over the last few years. DJ Moore looks like he could be a player if he gets you know more opportunity. He's got high potential. Curtis Samuel's looking good. I think he's coming into his third year. Took a step last year. Jarius Wright always great for the Vikings. He's a good you know safety belt to have. Yep. Aldrick Robinson, another good guy. Had a good season last year for Vikings as a deep threat. Chris Ogan from the Patriots. He's a you know a decent receiver. He knows what he's doing. He's played in a complex system. Tory Smith. Although he didn't set the world on fire last season, it's still a decent. It's a good group of veterans mixed with some younger players who will play pretty well. Then the best weapon on the team for me at the minute is Christian McCafferty, who's just a dangerous dual threat. He can catch out of the backfield, he can run the ball. He's a top three back at league at the end of last season. They were easily top three. Uh, the coaching's not amazing, or hasn't been amazing. They have made a change there, we'll have to see how that goes, but the coaching can be pretty erratic, and I think that could let them down. The Saints are arguably the best offence in the league. They have a Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback, and, you know, by Hall of Fame talk, it's, it's impressive, but they're likely first ballot off of Hall of Famers. Sean Payton's just an incredible offensive mind. He's the real OG when it comes to these all these new young players like the Asian Shannons coming into the league now. He were doing it first. Him and Andy Reid yep. were both, like, crazy offensive minds. The offensive line in this team's a strength. Max Unger's retired from centre, but they've brought in Nick Easton from Vikings and Eric McCoy as as a rookie. So these two are going to battle that out. See who's the best. So at least they're going to be able to find out whether or not that they're, you know, if they're going to have someone who can play well. That competition's only going to make them better. They've got Drew Brees at quarterback who can execute execute Sean Payton's offense better than anyone will be able to. He's been playing there for years now. He's you know his body's starting to slow down and late in the year he's his body were breaking down a little bit, but the game plans adapted to his loss of arm strength and his loss of ability. Do you know what I mean? Like when he was aging, clearly aging off field, they were like, right, we're going to have to start switching stuff up. The weapons are pretty elite. They've got Michael Thomas, who's probably the best slot receiver in the league. Um, absolutely brilliant. Catches almost everything. Absolutely fantastic player. And then they've got an elite dual threat running back in Alvin Kamara, who came into the league and were fantastic as well. Yeah. And then they've got deep threat in Ted Ginn Jr. Running back number two, Latavius Murray, shown as a solid back. He's like it could play it as a number one back for someone if he gets the opportunity. He's absolute. He's a unit. He can play really well. You know, he should be as good as Ingram was, if not better. 
the acquisition of Jared Cook at tight end is going to be one of those pieces that they haven't had for a while. It could really improve them because Drew Brees played really well when he had Jimmy Graham at tight end and Cook has some similar abilities to him. If he's you know getting the ball, I mean, he was a top five, top ten tight end last season with Cook, he was the best player in Oakland. So to get him and have elite talent at like all these different positions, it's just like, it's crazy. This division, top to bottom, is absolutely brilliant. I haven't even got onto Falcons yet, and if you look at the, <laughs> like the Falcons, you look at them. So they've got Matt Ryan, who's a top, you know, a top fifteen quarterback, played absolutely fantastic that season, but he didn't really show up just because apparently they had a deficiency at, um, at offensive mind, you know, offensive coordinator. Yeah. But now I've you know Dirk Cutter, who played really really well with, uh, who sorry, coached really really well with Matt Ryan. Before no, he's been no, 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 before. He was a college before, but yeah, he did Sam really well at Tampa as well, yeah. yeah. But like he did really well with Matt Ryan before, so the click they know what they're doing. Julio Jones is an absolute beast. He's a top three receiver in the league. You look at his stats every year; he's absolutely unbelievable. They've got Calvin Ridley, a great young number two who looks fantastic. They've got Austin Hooper, who played tremendously well at tight end. You know, last season was probably his best season. He could kick on a little bit. And then you've got Devontae Freeman at running back who should be expected to make a big jump this season because it tailed off a little bit last year. Their offensive line's a bit erratic at times but they have added Chris Lindstrom at guard which should help the run game which they really do need. So you think they've got weapons everywhere and a good offensive mind. I can't really see why the Falcons should, like, are going to fall any further back. And they also still have Ito Smith who's a great backup at running back as well. So I can't really fault any of the teams in this division offensively they've all got decent offensive minds as I mentioned three top 15 quarterbacks as I mentioned a few you know fantastic receivers fantastic, a fantastic couple of tight ends in there it's just absolutely stacked but yeah that's how I've got on the uh, NFC South very in depth there well done uh, okay um, my second ranked division was the NFC West uh, I've got the Cardinals, they've got a rookie head coach in Cliff Kingsbury who looks like he's uh, <laughs> looks like he's taking on the offensive quarterback duties as well. Uh, exciting rookie quarterback in Kyle Murray. Uh, above average, push top 10 running back in Dave Johnson. Again, if his head's on right. Um, they've got uh, an average of it. I'd say an average receiving core apart from the Larry Fitzgerald who has that veteran presence. He always seems to know where to be in the right place at the right time. Lost a step uh, in his legs but he's got a yard in his head. Um, Christian Kirk like I said had a really good season last year and hopefully he can improve on that uh, they've got an average tight end player though. the best tight end they've got is Charles Clare who came from Buffalo Me. Um, they've got a below average offensive line as well which they have improved but I think that still might struggle with offensive line this season yeah I think that's where Kyler Murray is going to be a bit of a, a bit more of a help because he'll be able to evade to yeah. that he's got roller skates on but he'll be fine uh, 49ers Kyle Shanahan is an, is an excellent offensive mind uh, if Jimmy G can stay fit he can be fantastic for the 49ers uh, good running backs in Telvin, Telvin, Tevin Cohen and Tevin Coleman sorry and Jarek McKinnon uh, we've got average wide receivers uh, with league average though I'm not going to say that the average in a detrimental way the league average um, but they've got a top 10 tight end in George Kittle and they've got a better offensive line than they had last season I think uh, Seahawks highly, exper highly, ex highly experienced offensive quarterback in Brian Schottenheimer what is wrong with me 
I was trying to remember his name earlier, to be fair. I've got too many words in my mouth, I can't get them all out. Uh, his name has got 75,000 letters in it. So it's a winning hand in Scrabble, isn't it? It is. Uh, <laughs> they've got a top 10 quarterback in Russell Wilson, uh, average winning back in Chris Carlson. Uh, what was the guy who said? Um, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, yeah, but then Penny was injured last season. He come back with uh, maybe that, that, that increased them. They've got, uh, rook, they've got average or rookie wide receivers, um, but I think they're going to be okay at wide receiver. Like I said, it's going to be the Titan play where I think Russell was, it might surprise a few people. He's going to come in. I think Titans are going to be the. the I know that the, the New England was sort of like. The, the sort of lead, the, the tip of the spear with the, the tight end player, and everyone else seems to be catching up, which probably means New England are going to be doing something else next season. I don't know, you're going to be sweeps or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've, got, they've also got a, a better than average offensive line for me as well. Um, so that's going to help help Russell make those players. And also the Rams, let's go get down to these, uh, these jokers. They've got excellent coaching from Sean McVay, who improve, improves the offensive score positions. Uh, not to say that those players are rubbish. But he makes them all better. Goff, Gurley, Woods, Cook, Cook, and Cup, and Everett are all above average, and they've got a top five offensive line. I don't know if it's top five without Saffold, but it's, it's pretty good. Maybe top, top six then. <laughs> top ten. Yeah. Um, you you're, uh, you made some of your divisions sound better than them when you were describing them. You seem to be really down on a few of them. When you were discovering, then we got to rounds that were like, "Woo, yay, party time!" No, I agree. No. With, I agree with what you're saying though about rounds. They've got a lot of weapons and they've got a good, uh, good old line. But yeah, I think the Cards are going to be probably be the worst team in that division. Yeah, but I think it's just the realism in it. What you're saying, obviously, because you've got to highlight what they can't do as well as what they can do. I think yeah. that's probably just what it was. Probably, I, I'm focused on the negative, which is not normally my thing. No. Okay, um, we'll move swiftly on to our, our top ranked. Offensive divisions, Ed? Yep, and my number one division is the AFC West. In my opinion, this division is the best offensively, but also the most competitive. The teams each have varied strengths. The worst offense in the division is probably the best defense, which is there, you know. It makes sense because obviously you need to balance out your talent on your team, you need to be able to pay everyone. Yep. So it's pretty good. The team have three offensive rookies in Drew Locke, who probably won't see much at field. Dalton Reisner, who is likely to play a lot, you know, he's going to be able to play at different positions, so they there to cover injuries. And Noah Fant, who's going to be that great weapon, and he's got fantastic receiving ability. The quarterback, as uh, our Joe, will likely be, you know, he'll be slinging that ball around everywhere, as you were mentioning earlier, plays really well in Mile High Stadium. He was once an MVP in the Super Bowl, although, yeah, seven years ago, but he has got that ability to play well when it's it's there for him to do. The guy isn't a top 10 quarterback, but at his best at this stage, he's probably top 15. Uh, he works extremely well with tight ends, so getting Fanton's going to really help him, and he needs a good run game. And again, it's some deep passes sprinkled in when they're using this short passing game and running ball, which is what Baltimore used to do. But I think he did pick up a few injuries through his career, which is why some of these situations came in. Uh, Philip Lindsay is going to be an, a fantastic weapon for him. They were a top 10 back last year just by looking at what he did. His fellow rookie Royce Freeman, who were picked up in round two, I do believe, could be a great one two punch. Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton, another great one two punch at receiver. And Rick Scangarello has, you know, his learning coach under Kyle Shanahan. So, run game, play action, tight end play should all be solid. And if he can get in what he's learned, then. They'll be all right. The O line, which has lost Paradis, but added two new pieces in 
it shouldn't be too bad, you know, because they picked up um, his name escapes me, but he played for the Dolphins. Well, one of the better young offensive linemen. The next team we're talking about is the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. John Ru- uh, John Gruden is somewhat of a legend. Um, his offensive scheme was at one stage viewed as the league's best. It's still a very good scheme, but back then it was so far forward, and there were so many different things to learn there. It were amazing. Last season, they did show some good offense, you know, with a lackluster amount of talent. They didn't have a, a great deal there. Everyone could see that. No. Um, and a team that were basically in flux. Fast forward to this season, they've acquired AB, a top five wide receiver in the league. Got Trent Brown, best left tackle in the league last season. Yep. They signed Richie Incognito, who, although, you know, he's got some serious off field issues in the past, he's looked great. Picked up Tyler Williams from the. Tyrell Williams, sorry from the uh, Chargers who's a really good receiver good deep threat which Gruden loves and he's got the rookie under Renfro who can you know it's just a great slot player who's fantastic for the national championship Clemson Tigers the running backs are Doug Martin who was solid last season um, but obviously you have one good two bad usually with him Josh Jacobs was expected to be you know plug and play high impact rookie so they've upgraded upgraded there they upgraded the old line even though they lost to Semele got great coaching like I said elite wide receiver one and good wide receivers two and three solid running back situation and the only knock is that they've lost Jared Cook and haven't really replaced tight end they did get Foster Moreau who were a rookie coming out but it were like round four or five something like that so not sure how well he'll play the charges last season were good offense and the quarterbacks top 10 as you mentioned I agree with that Phil Rivers can win games with his ability um, I think when you get in the end of the year, that's when you're going to get a bit worried, cause similar to Drew Brees, because he's knocking on a bit, he's, his arm starts to go. Also, his wife's probably going to get birth at some point as well. Probably. <laughs> the tight end play, obviously, wasn't tremendous last season, but they did lose Hunter Henry. In 2017, he was looking really good, looked like he was going to kick on. He came back late on in the season, but obviously, because of his injury, he didn't play that much. I think this season, he could come back and be a force for the team and you know move forward. Um, the O-line is solid when healthy it's got Russell Kung and it's got Mike Pouncey you know both pro ball level uh, the next area is like wide receiver they've got Keenan Allen who's you know a clear number one great route runner great hands he's an argument for top 10 receiver in the league got Mike Williams who kicked on a lot last season showed that it could be a solid number two eventually fighting for number one targets the running game is another positive for him they've got Melvin Gordon who's a top 10 top 15 back They've got Austin Eckler, who's his you know, backup. That's a great one-two punch. Ken was an on-call plays pretty well throughout the end of last season. Showed that Rivers, you know, they, they didn't show that the, the physical demands uh, Rivers, but his play calling was quite clever. They should have beat Chiefs in first game of the season. Going to New England and getting destroyed didn't surprise me. I do think the best performance was against the Ravens. And it was more the defence uh, of the charges than the offence, but the fact that they managed to do enough to beat the Ravens in Baltimore yeah. were pretty impressive. And they've only lost Terrell Williams, so there's no reason to think they're going to fall off too much. The next team in the division, and arguably the best team in the you know in the whole of the NFL, is the Chiefs. Um, my eval is based on them having Tyreek Hill, so no matter what I did off the field... On it is the scariest offensive weapon in the league, and he's arguably you know top three wide receiver. Pat Mahomes is arguably a top three quarterback. Travis Kelsey is uh, is the best tight end in the league, and they're all lines top ten. So in the team is three top three players at skill positions, and then a top ten line, which is incredible. And then you take into account that they've got 
the best offensive mind, arguably, in the AFC in um, Andy yeah, Reid. Yeah, in the AFC, that's fair, yeah. Um, the running game barely slowed down when they lost Kareem Hunt last year. Damian Williams, you know, he, he played in the scheme really well, looked great. Uh, they're getting rookie Darwin Thompson, who looks like everything Andrew Andy Reid covets uh, running back. Um, you know, it's going to be between him, at Shanahan, and McVay for number one offensive mind. With Doug Peterson, you know, nipping the heels. But as far as offensive acumen, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely great. Uh, they also added Michael Harmon, who was a similar but unpolished version of Tyree Kill. He's got speed threat, yards after catch, and also. Sammy Watkins, who's similar in some senses, he could be fantastic. We're all still waiting for that big breakout year of his, but the talent on this team, coupled with the coaching, means that the Chiefs could just be absolutely unreal. So for me, it's between the Saints and the Chiefs, the best team uh, offensively, and I've got to give it to the Chiefs. They're absolutely ridiculous. It depends on what happens with the off-field issues with Tyree Kill. Yeah, but in my opinion as well, I think Mikael Hardman will get more snaps if he's not there and that's the thing is there's Meek Olhaben Sammy Watkins both still there if Tyreek's not there so they will drop off being a top like top two maybe or top or number one but I don't know if the drop's going to be that bad no I think I think the thing with Sammy Watkins is he's, he's had the the I don't know the advantage the, 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 he's had Tyreek Hill in front of him so he's not had the pressure he's not yeah Hill's taken a lot of pressure off him now. If he if, if Hill ends up getting suspended, um, then it's going to be all. I think probably the, the majority of the pressure is going to be on Watkins. On Watkins to, to, and then to, Arthur, yeah. he's a rookie, so yeah. I just, I mean, he could go either way from couldn't he really? And uh, yeah, I think yeah. you've got to hinge everything on Tyreek Hill, and we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, the right outcome is what happens. Comes, yeah. yeah. All right then. Uh, is that you wrapped up for your number one round? Yeah, wrapped division? up. Yeah, the uh, AFC, AFC West is my number one division. Okay, right. I've gone uh, AFC South for my uh, for number one division. I mean, uh, NFC South. That's it. You said AFC. That would have been fantastic, though. My worst division <laughs> would have been, been your, <laughs> your best division. That would have been some fireworks there. Just checking what I've written down. It definitely says N here. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> NFC South is my first, uh, first overall division for offence. As you mentioned before, they've got three top 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 ten quarterbacks. Uh, so much sort of star power all over the, all over that division. Um, the Bucks, they've got a new head coach, well, a new old head coach in Bruce Arians, um, and their offensive coordinator is Baron Leftwich. I mean, Leftwich was a quarterback in the league for a while, and he's, he was. The quarterback coach, I believe, under Arians at the Cardinals. He got promoted to OC last year at the Cardinals, and that was just a horror show. I, I can't play blame much blame at his door because I just, I just it was a horrible situation for anyone to be in. Really. What are you supposed to do with what's there? Yeah, um, I mean, not saying I mean Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen was all right, but everything else was just, just, just awful. No O line, no receivers. No, what's not what supposed well. to do? Uh, I do think David Johnson kicked on a bit when Byron Leftwich became. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't make ham and eggs without ham and eggs, can you? No. Um, okay, so yeah, hopefully that can invigorate the Bucks' offense having those two guys in. Um, but as it stands, the QB Jameis Winston is is average at best. At best, yeah. Um, they've got a running back Peyton Barber, who again is average. Mike Evans is is a, is a better than average receiver. Is probably their best receiver on the t- on the team. Um, 
tight end like OJ Howard, if he can stay fit, he's going to be better average pushing top ten tight end. The all line, despite them being, I don't know, the whipping boy last season, I suppose in the NFC South, their all line is still pretty good. Um, I thought, that, like considering a lot of people expect them to be like really, really bad, I thought the kick they had some really good fight in them at times, and yeah. I think their offense did click at times. When 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 Fitzpatrick was back there launching it about, it was just like it was like watching like watching the good old Brett Favre chucking it about. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to take him out when they did. I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, this is it. The end they struggled against was it like I think, Bears? The Bears, but who didn't struggle against the Bears last season? There were very few teams that that, that, exactly. that, that put the points on the Bears. So the second out then was just daft. Anyway, <laughs> um, Falcons. Dirk Cutter returns from, to the Falcons after his sabbatical in Tampa. Um, this for me will improve the Falcons, Falcons offense, but again, it was an injury thing last season. If that offense can stay fit, with Matt Ryan as a top 10 quarterback, they've got Devontae Freeman as a running back who is better than average, they've got Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, it's a top five wide receiving guard for me. Um, they've got better than average player tight end. And, a, and for me, a top five-ish O-line. Um, so again, that's another... Despite, the, like I said, the books being not the best, they're still definitely not the worst. And that's another really good team in that division. The Panthers, they've got North Turner, who's a fantastic offensive coordinator. Ten years ago. I, th- I still think he's got it. In the, I still think he's got it, mate. I'm just being facetious. <laughs> uh, top five quarterback in Cam Newton. Oh, great for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been better. Could, yeah. have, been, could have been worse. Could have been Yeah. Uh, they've got a top 10 running back in Christian uh, McCaffrey. <coughs> um, they've got a better than average wide receiving car. I mean, they said that. Oh, it's Ted Ginn's at the Saints, isn't he? Yeah, it's at the Saints. He did play there, though. Yeah. Um, it's not really, I don't think the receiving car is going to be something they could probably they could chuck. You've got DJ Moore. Yeah. You've got um, Samuel. Uh, you have. Uh, I forgot his name now. Uh, Tory Smith. Yeah. You've got Jarius Wright and you've got Aldrick Robinson. Yeah. Which yeah. Are, I mean, they're all serviceable receivers, but yeah, like, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say any of them are stars. No. Um, I think it's a good mixture of veterans and youth. Yeah, it's like I said, better than average receiving core. Um, they've got a potentially top 15. I wrote top 10 at the start, but I'm not thinking about it. Maybe top 15 tight end in Greg Olson. I completely forgot about Greg Olson. Um, it doesn't make a difference in my rankings because I think he's knocking on a bit now, but yeah, he is. But he's, he's still top 15. top fifteen, yeah. And they've got an improved offensive line on last season, which isn't saying too much. They have, I think, they have had a depth and strength though. I think it's what yeah. they have done is they've done it in a smart way. They've got the outside and the inside looked at. Matt Paradis is going to be a good add if he can stay healthy. Yeah, but I say it's improved what was a, a, a mildly woeful offensive line on last season. Put air freshener on. Kind of dog mess. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, the the best team in the division for me is the Saints. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Sean Payne. Sean Payne is a fantastic football player, uh, and he improves that offense sort of in the same way that McVay does. But again, that's not to say that when they... you improve this podcast, yes, that's what exactly. Um, um, it's not to say that I'm not knocking Drew Brees or Alvin Kamara. They're both they're both top five at their position. Uh, but would they be top five at the position if they had a different offensive coach? I think that's that's not something that you could guarantee. I think you could probably, I think you'd probably plug Kamara in any, any, any out of maybe 30, 28 teams, and he'd be there starting running back. Oh, I agree with that, but I don't believe he'd be top five at any other team. Okay. Um, there we go. <laughs> well, this is uh, your whole list. Yeah. Just shut up. 
<laughs> uh, Michael Thomas is, is their best receiver. Uh, the rest of the receivers are above average, so it's not like they've got arms and legs at receiver. But Michael Thomas is their standout guy. Um, they've got better. They've got better at, at tight end. With added Jared Cook, that's big guy, isn't it? Yeah, that's a massive add for him. And their offensive line is top five offensive line. I probably it said is. there's about seven offensive lines at top five. I think it's twelve right now. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, yeah, they're. To be honest, I've got 23 top ten, top 15 quarterbacks. So <laughs> there's some disparity in there. We're not perfect. Right, that's us done with our uh, our top eights. Yeah. Uh, I think again, same with the defenses. There's a lot of. I think the top top three we've all got the same top three, and then the, and the bottom it's mixed up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it's difficult to pick up on what you what you're wanting. What I did notice though were the best defenses. Other than the Bears, um, were usually the worst offenses, or never the top offense. I think the Bears are the only ones who had the best defense in the league and the best offense in the league. Yeah, cool. Right then, that's us done for another episode. And the flying past now, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> okay then, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, give us a subscribe and tell your friends. If not, this has been Brian Locker stole my lunch money. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can send them to eddieandmattoktc at gmail.com and we'll see you next time.